Um, what else? What else? What else do I want to talk about? Yeah, so one for one yesterday. Uh, not bad. Made some profit. Um, but the theme of the year still remains. Um, I'm not hitting target twos. I don't know how many of you guys are, are pattern traders. There's two things I'm not doing in my trading at this halfway point. I'm not hitting target twos at a high enough rate. Um, I don't have any home run trades. Now, the home run trades is, is expected because aside from really the, the pound pair, um, we haven't seen pound pairs. We haven't seen a lot of directional movement. Um, typically, my home run trades come from uh, trend continuation trades where we see a lot of directional movement. We've had that with the pound. I just haven't had any opportunities to get any uh, long-term shorts on the on the pound pairs. Um, so that's not as big of a deal. That kind of comes with the market territory. But I'm not hitting target twos. And that is a major problem um, because I like to say this. Target ones, target ones essentially make up for your losses, right? We all know that if you're trading multiple positions, when you take a loss, you take a loss on how many of those positions, right? We did a we did a, a Q and A session, a lesson on different risk management and position sizing tactics on Monday, right? If you guys remember that, remember if you're calculating your risk, right? If you're trading a two unit trade, right? Meaning you're shooting for two targets. When you get stopped out, how many units are you getting stopped out on? Both, right? When you hit target one, if you're trading a two unit trade, when you hit target one, how many units are you taking profit on? One, right? So, unless you're trading with an extremely good risk reward, it's going to be very hard for a half a position, or if you're winning at a very high rate, and that works as well, but it's going to be very hard for a half a position to consistently make up for a loss of a full position, especially with stuff with advanced pattern formations, because advanced pattern formations don't have a very high win rate. Obviously, depending on what you say is high, high for some, high, not high for others. Um, so I always think of target ones as making up for losses. But the target twos are the ones that really take your equity curve to the next level. So you're in this consistent thing of uh, uh, this consistent pattern of you lose some, you have a target one winner, it makes up for it, you're back to break even, maybe a little bit in profit. And you lose some... Right, I'll draw it out on the chart actually. Um, something like this, right? Win a little bit, you take a loss, you have a target one winner, makes up back to break even a little bit, right? You lose a little bit, target one winner, makes up for it back to break even, right? Lose a little bit, target one winner, makes up for it back to break even. Lose a little bit, target one and two winner. And then the, kind of this, right? Typical equity curve, right? The target two winners gives you those or the home run trades give you those bigger boosts in your equity curve, which allow you to go in the right direction. But when you don't have that, your equity curve is hopefully still going in a positive direction, but very slowly, the slope is very low. And that's been this year. Now, part of it is, uh, again, not as many trading opportunities as this year. That, that makes every trading opportunity that you do take more important. 
and that's due from the lack of volatility in the market. But at this point, I just took down my spreadsheet, so I don't, I got off to look at the, the stats later. At this point, my target ones are outperforming my target twos. And what that means is I'm collecting more profit on the first half of my position than the second half of my position, which tells me what? What conclusion can I make from this? We always talk about continuously evaluating your trading, whether you're a systems trader or, you know, or like mechanical system trader or a discretionary trader. You have to evaluate it. People think even automated trader just make a system and let it go. Nope, you got to evaluate it. Yeah, it means that I am wasting money by taking target twos. It means trade harder. Yeah, don't trade smarter. Trade harder. <laughs> Would you guys agree? It means like I'm wasting money by taking target twos. So I've got a very interesting decision to make um, within the next four days. June is the end of the, the second quarter for me. I can make adjustments to my trading plan quarterly. I'm going to have to make a decision whether target twos are going to be thrown out the water or are they going to be kept in? I can tell you what, I dealt with this back in 2014, same exact scenario, same exact month. So it's gonna be a little bit easier of a decision this time around just because I have a, a track record, an example of doing it before. But this is, this is, a, this is a good example of always kinda of, you know, staying flexible in your trading. Treating it like a business, treating it like a coach, right? Making adjustments, that was the other positive thing. Everton signed, or yeah, I guess signed Gomez, which was massive, happy about that. But always making adjustments, always making adjustments. Uh, El says, what about if during the summer we get more volatility and Target 2 start working again? If, yep, big if, because guess what? We never know. So the question is this, how long are you willing to stay with something? How long are you willing to stay with something hoping that it works? How long do you give yourself? Do you make it a, and say you, you can take the example for any part of your strategy. Do you give it a day? Well, probably more than a day. Do you give it a week? Do you give it a month? Do you get seven years? Do you give it six months, right? Something that you need to know is what is, what is, your, what is your time limit for making decisions? Now, I already, I already told you my, my time limits, right? When, when am I only allowed to make adjustments? Every three months. Again, I, I'm a big quarter person. Um, it comes from my stock investment days. It comes from being an athlete. I just think a quarter, three months is a is a good enough sample size to kind of get rid of uh, to to show what what trends are. I think you can you can you can BS and get away with randomness in a day. You can you can have randomness and be lucky for a month. I think three months is a good tell of, of what's actually happening. Um, obviously, it depends on your, your trading style. Um, so what I typically do in my evaluation is I evaluate every three months. I do a big evaluation every three months. I don't I try not to make decisions after three months 
but I put things on my watch list. So back in March, you notice something and you say, huh, I need to keep an eye on this for the next three months. Let's just make sure, let's see if it's an anomaly or if it's something that's actually happening. And you put it on your watch list. And if it continues for the next three months, that's when I'll typically make a decision on it. Now, obviously, what the decision is depends. You know, last year I got hammered on the pound dollar um, and I had no intentions of making any changes on that. What pairs I trade is a little bit different because those have a, you know, those those can have bad years. A pair can have a bad year. That's that's normal. I've seen that in my testing. Um, but, yeah, that's a question you need to ask yourself. How much time is is enough for you to make a decision? Are you willing to keep sitting it out in hopes of in hopes of it turning around or do you make do you need to make an adjustment to save your trading and it's very very similar to to, to a sport right how many of you guys have watched a sporting match and you see a player struggling out there and it's it's one of your better players and you're like man the manager should pull him right away But this guy's got a good track record. He's got a history of being good. They leave him in there, but he's clearly struggling. When do you make that call? When do you make that call to switch him out? Because even even the greatest players have bad days, right? Even the greatest players have bad days. Let, let's, and soccer's an example because you can't go back in. But when do you make the call? Do you take him out at halftime? Do you give him till 60? Do you wait till 80? You wait too late, guess what might happen? You wait too late, the game may be out of hand. You do it too early, right? He may just be in a little bit of a funk for the beginning of the game and and, and bounce back to normal, right? That's the job of being a manager. We are managers, guys. But instead of managing a team, right, we're managing the markets. Jason Greystone said it best, right? The pairs are our employees, There are athletes. And we have to make those decisions. We have to make those decisions. Um, real quick, uh, there's some other. Nick says, uh, you can use a sub account and trade 50-50 each style so you can spread the risk. Um, you can, but then you'd have to use a separate account, um, which it would, it would still be it would still be inefficient. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a great solution. You, you could, if you have a separate account just laying around that you can use. Um, but if you have to split your main account, I don't think it's a very efficient way to do it. Um, George said, this is the risk you take. Uh, Ale says, what about during, I read already. What if, what if, uh, we're going back to that question, Ale. Um, what if during the summer we get more volatility and target to start working again? Well, something you would do is when you're making this adjustment, this rule change isn't necessarily forever. This rule change is until the volatility comes back. Or until your whatever you change starts performing at a, a normal a normal rate again, I should say. So you're not making a say, oh, I'm done, no target twos forever. Right? That's not the case. You may add them back again, but only when the market says it's best suited to. So technically, I could I could add them back in September. Yeah, that's my next my next quarterly mark. 
Um, is there an overall volatility measurement tool for FX knowing that trend can also help this situation? Uh, the price chart, the best way to tell volatility, look at the price chart. You look at your, your ATRs, your average true ranges, that's gonna, that's gonna tell you the kind of, the, that's gonna give you a comparison. So you can look at the average true range on uh, the daily of, of this year versus you know a couple years ago. If we can take a look at that right now if you want. Let's take the, come on, get out of here. Let's take the pound dollar real quick. Let's just go to a daily chart in pound dollar and we can look at this year. We're looking at about 80 for an ATR, right? You go back to last year, we can take the same time last year. Last year was about, let's see what it is this last year, about 90s, 111. Year before, uh, where's that gonna be at? 111s, 138s. So you can see it's a little bit, a little down there. Yeah, but ATR is typically what I what I use. I mean, I, I obviously I'm in I'm in the markets every day, so I can I can just tell by the movement. Um, but if you want a, a true ATR, will tell you the average range of the market movement per day. When that average range is lower, that's going to be your your less volatility. So, good way to start the room. Any any questions about that?